As the heart of the holiday shopping season approaches, much of the focus has not been upon the prospective laughter of children, but on a shortage of toys on shelves and high prices. If one adds in soaring energy costs, it feels like a negative setup. There is at least one phenomenon that could eventually come to the rescue, and that is productivity. For the last two decades, productivity growth, often measured as the increase in output per hour work, has been slumping. Productivity growth is associated with many wonderful things. Workers who are more productive tend to be better compensated. Higher productivity also tends to limit inflationary pressures. As indicated by writer James McIntosh, there is hope for a productivity boom in the United States. The present is characterized by an abundance of corporate money, but not many workers available to hire. As a result, businesses have begun to put in more orders for capital goods. In June, new orders for capital goods, excluding aircraft and military spending, reached its highest level on record in nominal terms. There is evidence that stepped-up investment in equipment and other capital goods is occurring in other parts of the world as well. Add in the possibility of more aggressive spending on American infrastructure, and a productivity boom could be on the way. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For months, many economists have been indicating that the current bout of significant inflation is merely transitory. The logic has been that as the pandemic fades in impact, more people will find their way back into employment, business operations will become smoother, and shortages and higher prices will dissipate. But the recent run-up in prices is emerging from more than just manufactured items and fuel. For instance, apartment rents have been surging recently, and that may be less transitory. Writer Gina Smialk explains that the jump in rents stems from a frenzy in the market for home ownership. Many people attempted to purchase homes as the pandemic took hold, often searching for extra space for home offices and gyms. After years of underbuilding in the wake of the housing crisis that began about 15 years ago, there was a dearth of properties available for sale. A lack of available workers and higher materials prices have conspired to keep developers from ramping up production of homes sufficiently to meet demand. The result has been soaring home prices. Many who would like to purchase homes have been signing leases, increasing apartment occupancy, and driving up rents in the process. According to Apartment List, national median rent has increased 16.4% since January. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. According to Federal Reserve data, the wealthiest 10% of Americans now own 89% of all U.S. stock value. As indicated by CNBC, that's a record high, one that highlights the stock market's role in increasing wealth inequality. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the top 1% of Americans have gained more than $6.5 trillion in corporate stock and mutual fund wealth. The bottom 90% of Americans collectively added about a fifth as much, or $1.2 trillion. These data stretch through the current year's second quarter. The stock market's climb has been the primary source of wealth creation in America during the pandemic. It has also been the main driver of rising inequality. The top 1% of Americans now control 32% of total wealth, also a record. Nearly 70% of the wealth gains of the richest Americans over the course of the pandemic came from rising stock prices. The growing concentration of wealth has transpired despite the fact that millions of new investors have come into the stock market for the first time, resulting in what many economists call the democratization of stocks. The trading platform Robinhood added more than 10 million new accounts over the past two years and now has more than 22 million accounts, many of them held by younger first-time investors. 
For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The federal government incurred its second largest budget deficit on record during the fiscal year that ended September 30th. As indicated by writer John McCormick, the $2.8 trillion deficit was the second largest since 1945 as a share of America's gross domestic product and trailed only the prior fiscal year's $3.1 trillion shortfall in absolute terms. The federal fiscal year 2021 deficit represented 12.4% of total economic output. While that is significant, that is down from 15% the previous year, according to the Treasury Department and Office of Management and Budget. The year before the pandemic began, 2019, the deficit was less than 5% of gross domestic product. Over the most recent fiscal year, government spending rose 4% from the previous year to $6.8 trillion. The good news from the perspective of government finances is that federal revenue expanded 18% from the prior year to more than $4 trillion. That was largely due to higher receipts from individual and corporate income taxes during what turned out to be a strong period of economic growth. Pandemic-related costs that included monthly child tax credits, expanded unemployment compensation, emergency small business loans, and stimulus checks to households bolstered spending during the most recent federal fiscal year. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. You may have heard that workers have been quitting their jobs at a record pace recently. Government data indicate that in August, 4.3 million people quit their jobs, which represents nearly 3% of the workforce. But the share of workers quitting was even higher in certain parts of the nation. As indicated by the Washington Post, Kentucky, Idaho, South Dakota, and Iowa reported the highest increases in the rates of workers who quit their jobs. In absolute terms, the largest increase in the number of quitters occurred in Georgia. There are many factors at work, but one of them is the strength of the labor market. The most recent data indicate that there are still more than 10 million available unfilled jobs in America. With so many job openings available, many Americans feel comfortable leaving their current jobs and securing another. In many instances, workers have not had a job lined up before quitting their current position. Many economists have concluded that the high quits rate is being driven in part by workers who have become less willing to endure inconvenient hours and poor compensation. Vaccine mandates may also be playing a role in driving more people to quit. Employers can respond in many ways, including by continuing to raise wages. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.